Super Scoreboard. The old firm through the decades. Some call it the greatest derby in the world. It is certainly the game that divides a country. When Celtic play Rangers, Scotland holds its breath. It's life or death to Celtic Rangers fans. Would you have signed for Celtic? No. Would you, Peter, have signed for Rangers? No chance. Absolutely not. Henrik was, um, you know, I call him a freak of nature. You know, 242 goals in 315 games. You know, that, that is just freakish. For me, it's the best Rangers team of all time that we were up against, and that's the biggest compliment I can pay those guys. When you walk in the doors, there's a special aura. When Graham left, David Murray actually just said, what do we need here? And we all said straight away, it's that man there. Our challenge, when, when Graham came in, was to put Celtic off the, the top of the league. I don't care who we lose at me. See if you win a sign for us, you can't lose at me, Rangers. I'd have given the world. For us. The old firm is beyond anything I've experienced and ever seen and all that as well and you don't know how it is until you actually experience it yourself. Each family hands down the mantle supporting their particular team and that'll carry on forever. Super Scoreboard. The old firm through the decades. 0141-951-1025 It's time to talk football It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard after a mixed night of European action. Kamar Roof's sensational long-range goal helps Rangers win 2-0 at Standard Liège. A better performance from Celtic, not enough though to stop them losing 3-1 against AC Milan. And St Mirren v Hamilton is off tomorrow with the Paisley side unable to field a team due to coronavirus. I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me tonight is Jim Duffy and Hugh Kevens. Well, it might have been a night of mixed fortunes in Europe for Celtic and Rangers, Gordon, but not mixed messages Rangers season continues to build momentum At home and abroad Celtic season has hit a bump on the road Aberdeen at Pataudry on Sunday Now looms large on the horizon For Neil Lennon and his players But what lies ahead for the rest of this season? St Mirren Aki's off due to COVID-19 Kilmarnock charged with breaking COVID-19 protocols Jim Duffy Are we going to make it until May Without civil war erupting? Uh, I would doubt it very much, uh, Hugh. I think it's definitely on the horizon. But uh, I think, in a football sense, I think any purist, uh, any lover of, of, of football, and any purist of football would love and still be purring over that Camille Roof goal last night. It was an unbelievable goal. Stephen Gerrard described it as the best goal we'd seen live, and that he must have seen a few. He scored a few himself. Um, in Celtic, Neil Lennon said he was happy with the performance, and you've got a feel for Hamilton Ackies. You know, at the start of the season, they had a game cancelled against Aberdeen because Aberdeen had eight players, uh, you know, unavailable. And then they had to go up there on the Tuesday night when Hamilton had six players unavailable and lost, um, you know, quite heavily. And now their game is cancelled again against it, man, through no fault of their own. So you've got to feel for Hamilton this time round. 01419511025. That's the number. Why not get in touch? Let the guys know what is on your mind. It's Friday night. That means we can look back on all the Europa League action and preview the weekend's football. As well, so let's hear from you, Rangers fans. How pleased were you with that result in Belgium last night? And what about that Kemal Roof goal? Give us all your thoughts on it. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Celtic fans, clearly not the result that you would have wanted. But how much better was the performance? How encouraged are you by what you saw last night? Or 
Now, there's still areas for concern. And, of course, all your COVID-19 thoughts as St Mirren v Hamilton falls victim again with potential punishments uh, lined up for Kilmarnock as well. So all of that and more, whatever we've missed, you tell us 0141951025. We've even got some Friday night football as well. Scotland women's national team taking on Albania at Tynecastle at half past seven, seven months since their last game. So we wish them well. And of course, our broth against hearts in the Championship also. It's all happening on a Friday night. Hugh Keevans and Jim Duffy are here, 01419511025, or Twitter, at ClydeSSB. Hugh Keevans, it goes without saying, we prefer to turn on on a Friday night and have two victories mm. uh, to look back on, uh, but Rangers managing the three points, Celtic not managing them last night. Well, first of all, congratulations to Rangers. Their performance uh, out with that goal from Kamar Roof was uh, outstanding in Belgium. Standard Liège, that was the first time in six years that they'd lost at home uh, in a European tie. And the likes of Arsenal and Ajax have been among the teams to have gone there and failed to beat them. So an outstanding result for Rangers and it just continues their Fine start to the season For Celtic The old concerns were there The goalkeeper Still not looking good enough Shane Duffy Not doing uh, What Celtic thought he could In being a commanding figure At the back And a lack of A real threat up front So uh, A lot for the Celtic and Rangers fans To get their teeth into tonight Yeah let's hear from you then Celtic and Rangers fans What did you make of the football last night? Tell us about the good bits The bad bits The in-between bits Let's do it all We're here until 8 o'clock 01419511025 Let's hear from Stephen Gerrard Uh, He's been speaking after that game last night He says Kamar Roof's goal was the best he's ever seen live He says it was world class And he's praising his work in the build-up As well as the strike I'll say it was a world class moment I think it was a moment of genius And I think the most impressive thing about that goal is look I've seen the goal many many times in terms of the execution I've seen Suarez do it I've seen Rooney do it a couple of times I've seen Javi Alonso do it a couple of times there's been many more throughout the leagues around the world but if you go back from the the, the strike and the execution it's where he's collected the ball it's him holding two real strong challenges off then he goes past the third defender if you like and then to have the vision the audacity and then execute it for me it's probably the best that I've seen live I'm trying Trying to think of a better goal and I can't think of one and a bad time to think of one. So listen, he deserves everything. He's, he's going to see that many, many times during his career. I'm sure he will. I don't think he'll ever beat that. If he does, I'm looking forward to seeing it and I hope it's for me. Um, so yeah, we're, we're really happy and pleased for him. Uh, he got a 20 minute cameo, which is more important, if you like, in terms of where he's at. He's closer to where we want him. And um, we're looking to try and get him some more minutes um, at the weekend now. But we'll see how it Okay, 01419511025 in the phones at Clyde SSB on Twitter. John is a Rangers fan from Newcastle, first up tonight. John, just how good was it then? I thought it was actually superb. I thought it was actually just as good as beating Celtic and Saturday, to be honest with you. Um, total professional display. Um, couldn't fault the Either any of the players, again, as usual, and there's a big confidence boost at Rangers just now. Um, I actually think Stephen Gerrard's instilled a, a big confidence boost as being an ex-player and being an ex-Liverpool. He's been through bad times and good times, exceptional player he was. But I just think he said the never-say-die attitude towards his team 
and he's carried that forward. We've criticised him in the past for certain things, but I think it's actually looking great now to be a Rangers fan. Yeah, John, having her. watched, sorry, Hugh, I was just wanting to pick up on, on something John said at the start. Having watched many uh, Rangers goals over the years, John, as I'm sure, where would that one rank for you? Well, I would probably say there's been exceptional players at Rangers, obviously, in the past. Um, same with the Celtic and Henrik Larson, etc. I was growing up to see. But I don't think Henrik Larson, to be honest with you, would even try a shot like that. I think it was totally outstanding. Um, We've seen different players from David Cooper, Alan McCoy, Brian Loudrup, to mention not a few. George Alberts has probably been better as a Rangers fan, but I don't think we've actually seen any better footballer, um, goal scorer, as what I've seen yeah. in the past. Hugh? There's a lot of positivity about Rangers right now On and off the park We all know the story of the last 10 years It's been a story of misery For the Rangers supporters To have slogged their way through The lower leagues uh, To have taken two seasons To get out of the championship We know that for the last uh, four years Celtic have utterly dominated Rangers They've gone to nine in a row But there's a lot of positivity About Ibrox now uh, in terms of fresh investment in the club, which must be very heartening for John and the other Rangers supporters. And Stephen Gerrard, after over two years uh, of trying to get it to where it is today, uh, looks as if he's finally done it. And he has a very strong squad. They present a real and present danger for Celtic in terms of stopping 10 in a row. And if I were Gary Holt in Livingston, I wouldn't really be looking forward to Ibrox on Sunday. Jim, just how good was the goal? Because as we heard Stephen Gerrard mm-hmm. say, we've seen players score from the halfway line in the past. We've yeah. seen quite a lot of them. I'm not sure there are many who've had quite as much to do before the strike mm-hmm. than the Kamal Roof one last night. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously lots of famous uh, strikes from inside their own half. and uh, But the fact is that he, he skips past, he plays almost off balance. And then, as Stephen Gerrard said, you know, the awareness, but the execution to be able to strike it, it wasn't floated. They actually dri- driven, it's a driven strike. It's an I mean, absolutely magnificent goal. Listen, everyone will have, you know, you, you can go and, <laughs> you know, YouTube the top 10 goals ever, ever happens to be, and then you can pitch it any way you want, uh, depending on which team you support. But, you know, it, it was an exceptional goal of the very high standard, and a goal it puts a smile on, as I say, the face of you love football, because these are the moments that uh, you know you, you dream about um, if you're a footballer to score that type of goal, and to, to you know, can put the ice on the cake, scoring in the injury time, it just means that you know the last few minutes of whatever happens to be is very is very relaxed for Rangers. But as you said, it just continues, you know, this kind of purple patch that Rangers are in just now. In terms of being positive, in terms of the style of football, in terms of results and performances, but the, the, there is still a but there, and the but is consistency, continuing it, keeping it going, and then getting that silverware on board. That's the next stage. And the one thing I do agree with John, I think Stephen Gerrard has improved as a manager. I think he had to learn. He was a, a novice manager getting a, 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 an unbelievable job at Rangers, um, and I think it, I think it was probably tougher than even he thought. Um, but it's taken him a couple of years to try and get a squad which is capable of challenging Celtic for the title. They now have that squad, and now it's up to Rangers to deliver. And and that's the bottom line. They've still got to deliver. 
be honest though, when you see mm. it at that stage in the game, you're one nil up, mm. you're running the clock down. When he mm. pulls his right leg back to shoot from the halfway mm. line as a manager, are you slaughtering him for not running the ball into the corner? <laughs> no, as I said, I don't think it was one of those moments where you can almost see it. You, as I said, it was just like a split second, and he he was the one person that saw it. And uh, as I said, it was an unbelievable goal. I mean, it is one of the best goals I think you'll you'll ever see at any level. And again. I think, sadly, because it's a Scottish team that's done it, it probably hasn't got the the same publicity and deserved publicity as it would have done if it was an English Premiership or a, or one of the top European uh, leagues. So uh, you know it's maybe been a, a little bit uh, under the radar, but the more and more, I think I think it's will be a slow burner. I think that the more people talk yeah. about it, the more people mention it, the more it should well, be highlighted. You don't do social media, Jim, so well, I have to tell you that. Mm. Uh, Piers Morgan mm. even mm. Uh, tweeted about the goal today mm. So it, it has gone far and wide mm. If old Piers knows about it then It's gone <laughs> far and wide <laughs> He's not quite as famous as you though Hugh uh, John no. just one last one for you What is it What is it about these European performances That, that are so comfortable at, at the moment Has this even surprised you That Rangers have got to this stage Where, where, where they take on these Europa League games And oh, just seem to, to manage them with minimum fuss a, a little bit, but I think it's to do with uh, Stephen Gerrard's experience in Europe as a player. As I said, he's never said I attitude. He doesn't know when he's beat, and he's been through bad times, he's been through good times as a player, and he's had to carry that certain Liverpool team as well at times, and he's always been a winner. Um, I'm not saying he's been a winner so far by Rangers, because obviously we haven't won anything, but what I must say is, is if Rufa can score a goal from 50-odd yards, What's it got to be like from six yards out, twelve yards out? And to be honest with you, the Celtic fans must be—they must have been happy that he wasn't even playing on Saturday. Yeah, well, he's just coming back. We'll see if he forces his way into the starting eleven. We'll maybe look at that situation later on. Thank you very much, John. Nice to speak to you. Hopefully, you'll give us a call back sometime. It's oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Let's bring in Brian in Moss Park. See what he's got for us tonight. Hi, Brian. Hello, that's good evening to you. How there? How's it going? I just like to talk about Rangers and their performance last night. Certainly, the Bruce goal. Not a great goal. It wasn't anybody. The tracks and that sort of thing. I'm saying, I think. But I'd like to talk about Celtic's performance last night. And I think Shane Duffy's. Celtic actually played quite well last night. A
Roy Keane, I think, was about 35 when he yeah. came to Celtic. Was he not ashamed of? He was only 28. Yeah. So, um, very different. What have you made of his performances so far? Has he, has he struggled mm-hmm. to hit the ground the way that, that some people thought he might? Yeah, I mean, I mean, again, listen, it's, it's a difficult one. Celtic had a period there where I think there were three or four clean sheets on the bounce and then people were saying, oh, like, you know, defence has showed up. But obviously, you know, they stepped up to the level playing against Rangers and then against AC Milan stepped up uh, as well. You know, a top, um, you know, a top team. I think I think they're top of the Italian yeah. league at this moment in time. Four wins yeah. out of four. So, you know, I mean, it's a real tough test. But I, I do agree with, with Brian a little bit and I, I'm not quite sure if he's suited to, to play. Listen, you can play in a back three in some teams. You know, at this moment in time, if you look at the Scotland national team, that you know, a bit more secure under CV Clark, but they're not quite as open, you know, in terms of how the system. So they're a wee bit protected, that back three. Whereas Celtic are very expansive at times and he doesn't quite look as secure in that. Maybe if he goes into a back four, he'll feel a little bit more comfortable, uh, you know, but it's it's one of those situations where yeah I mean listen you bring you bring a high profile guy in to shore up defence if you lose two goals against Rangers then three goals against uh, AC Milan then you're going to have to take a wee bit of stick that's just the nature of it but I still think that um, he's probably you know just taking a bit of time and he's probably finding it a surprise he probably didn't expect it to be quite as difficult in Scotland he's maybe come up here thinking well I'm not saying he's blasé but he's probably thinking oh, I'll I'll, I'll be very comfortable up there and it's it's probably been a bit tougher than you thought. Yeah. Uh, Brian, how how far are you taking this criticism though? Are you suggesting that Neil Lennon drops him from the team? Are you hoping that a change to a back four might suit him a bit better? What What's the next step? Yeah, I certainly give, give him another chance. I don't think it doesn't work at all, it's a majority of them. Yeah, I still persistent for a wee while longer just now, but certainly I've hoped for a new goal with the back four. And I like to play as well. I think um, Stephen Gerrard is sort of first eight, real lens tactics. He seems to find a way to, to beat him. I just hope it's something he can certainly overcome between the end of the season. Sorry, we're a bit sorry. pushed for time. Let's hear a bit from Neil Lennon. He says he was encouraged by the change in his players despite that defeat last night it was Mohamed El Yunusi who got the goal ended up being 3-1 on the night though it's the first time Celtic have lost consecutive games since December 2018 Lennon says though there is no cause for panic we get all our you know players back in form and up to match speed and I think we'll be absolutely fine you know you can see that um, there was a real sort of quality and surge and in belief in the second half um, and that's what was lacking on Saturday um, you know, players who have come in are finding their feet. A little bit of a transitional period for a few of them. And to be honest with you, you know, life's not normal for them at the minute. You know, they're away from their home countries and um, they're restricted to what they can do. So they haven't adapted to that as well as the football side of things at a new club. So I've got to take all these things into consideration. And, um, you know, people can be critical of the team. On tonight's performance, if they want, that's fine. Definitely deserve criticism at the weekend because we weren't anywhere near our best. But there's a lot of signs for me. I don't like losing, but a lot of good signs to that we'll have another good season on that showing. OK, we're going to get some travel. We'll take a closer look at that Celtic performance last night. And we'll hear again from Stephen Gerrard. That's all coming up next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 
Jim Duffy and Hugh Keevens here looking back on a big night of European action and of course previewing the weekend's football as well. So get in touch with the guys, let them know what's on your mind and if you'd rather tweet you can do that as well at Clyde SSB. Uh, we've had a few loads of tweets in I should say on Rangers performance Manny Jer, Manny Jer says, Hi guys, the mighty Jers have only had two shots on target against them in their last five games. That is some going. I just hope we can keep this going and keep clear of injuries and suspensions later in the season. And Paul Wilkie is on saying, Lennon has to realise a few things. Duffy can't play in a back three. Turnbull has to come in for Encham. The game passes Scott Brown by in Europe. And Rogic has to start. 4-4-2 is the formation to go with. Let's go straight back to the phone lines. It's 0141-951-1025. Eddie is a Celtic fan from Carluke. Eddie, were you encouraged by elements of the performance, if not the result last night? Absolutely. Um, I was a wee bit worried going into it after the, the performance on Saturday, but certainly the second half, I saw a lot of things that we can really work on, really positive about. Um, Laxalt, I think, looks as if he's going to be a terrific player. Um, I think uh, Ajeti, he looks as if once he's fully getting up to speed, uh, he's going to be firing in the goals as well. Uh, I just think the, the kind of the aggression and you could see there was that appetite there that we, we clearly didn't have on uh, Saturday. But you know, absolutely, I'm, I'm more than positive about this season. All of you? your theories, Eddie, will be put to the test, as you, I'm sure you know, at Pataudry on Sunday, because uh, Celtic go there having won eight league matches on the bounce against Aberdeen at Pataudry. Uh But Aberdeen in midweek, and I know they were playing Hamilton Ackies with the greatest respect, not the, the, the most formidable opposition in the league, but they were exceptional first half, scored four terrific goals. They are going to... Ask questions of a Celtic defence Which still has signs of vulnerability Eddie You would have to concede that And Celtic will have to show greater sharpness up front I know that you were impressed by Ayeti But every time someone mentions Ayeti They mention his fitness How long is it going to take him to get fit? He's been there since August Eddie He has just come back after quite a wee bit out here though So he's, he is going to take a wee bit longer to come back in But just on the point you were saying Listen I'm, I'm not a Celtic fan with uh, these green tinted specs on. I know the performances have been really poor of late, but I think a lot of the Celtic fans that I've been looking on social media and some of the ones I've spoken to, I think their criticism, especially Neil Lennon, is over the top. I know everybody's entitled to their opinion, but I think we've been spoiled over the last 10 years to have so much success. We've won the league at a canter every year. Um, we're in the midst of something that We've never been in for the last 10 years, at least, and that is a proper title race. And I think a lot of Celtic fans um, are, are obviously worried. There is, listen, there's, going to be, there's a chance Rangers may win this league, but I don't think, because things are so close, we should be starting to shout for Neil Lennon's head or, or, or get him out the door. I think that would be counterproductive. We'd be as well given the trophy to Rangers and out if we were to get rid of him. I think we just need to calm down a wee bit. We're going to get better once we... We get all the players that we need back. I still think it's going to be a really close season and I still think Celtic are going to win the league ultimately. We've just been really spoiled and I think it's a shame. Some Celtic fans have got short memories and they forget some of the things that Neil Lennon has put up with in his time as Celtic uh, player and manager. And 
I think he just deserves a wee bit more respect for some of us. Neil Lennon refers to it as hysteria. I don't think it is hysteria. Uh, I think it's a concern. Uh, I don't think there's a, a mood of panic, either within the club or among the supporters, but concern is an allowable uh, feature of what's going on just now. Again, Eddie, I go back to it. Aberdeen on Sunday is so very important because... Aberdeen can sometimes be intimidated by the visit of Celtic But my guess is They're pawing at the ground They think that they're going to get Celtic At a a good time Because of that defensive vulnerability Because Edward isn't about the place The cutting edge isn't there um, I think Aberdeen will really be looking forward to this game uh, Jim Duffy, mm-hmm. what did you make then of the performance last night? Were there signs of encouragement When you, when you compare it to Saturday's game? Yeah, listen, I mean, there had to be a, any kind of improvement because they yeah. were so poor against Rangers. Rangers, you know, controlled the game. There's absolutely no doubt about that. But you've got to remember the, the level of team they're playing against. You know, I, I, I get, listen, I understand when you're at a club like Celtic, the standards are so high that any kind of dip at all is perceived as, uh, you know, it's kind of time to panic, you know, but... You know, we heard, you know, I think it was Brian earlier on saying about tactics. We've had guys phoning, you know, as you say, tweeting in about 4 4 2 and that. Neil Lennon got enormous praise last year from be, for, for switching to a back three and going with two up top and absolutely romping the league. And, you know, he's still in the semi final of the cup from last year and um, had every chance of continuing the, the trophy success. Um, if they won their game in hand, they're one point behind Rangers. You know, I don't know, um, you know, I haven't looked at the, the stats, but they've certainly not lost many games over, you know, the the, the, the last, was it this year? I know there wasn't football, but I'm talking about up until the break, up until March, and then starting again. So, listen, I, th- I think he does, he is entitled to a little bit of, you know, breathing space in terms of giving time. They do have a big squad and, you know, that is something that, uh, you know, a lot of clubs don't have, but they still rely on key players. And Edward is one who has been posted missing for some reason or another. Not just the injury we're talking about, I'm talking about before it and the COVID situation, but before it, he just wasn't himself. Obviously, Christie's been a big miss. And, and, there, is, and there are one or two questions still to be asked. But I still think that this will be a very, very close yeah. title race. Absolutely, right. I think it'll go to the wire. What was... What was encouraging last night then? Because I've seen a wide range of of opinions on social media and obviously on the phones. Many people encouraged by... They thought Celtic looked Mm. better when they went to four Four. at the back. They Mm. thought Celtic looked better when Tom Rogic came on. They Mm. thought Celtic looked better, dare I say it, when Scott Brown went off. Mm. What what were the encouraging things Yeah, I I think Celtic did look better. But I think the game at at 2-0 initially, and then going 2-1, then you've got momentum. You've You've got an opportunity to get something. You're on the front foot. I also think Tom Rogic is that type of player. When the team is on the front foot and you're playing in the final third more, or middle third and attacking third you're not defending so much then Rogic is, a, is an exceptional player but it's just getting that it's getting a grip of the game once you have a grip of the game I think he's that's the reason why I think a lot of times he's used as a sub sadly because they have to kind of win the battle first and then someone like Tom Rogic can, can use his quality and his, and his creativity um, so yeah I think that the four did suit against that particular opposition and and I think going forward Neil Lennon will maybe flip the you know the the, the system now. I think he had in his head three at the back. This is the way I'm going to play to get two strikers, 
It hasn't quite worked maybe as, 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 as much as he wanted. So I think you'll see a little bit more flexibility yep. in the system now. And I think I think that would encourage Celtic um that you know the, the, the they have the quality to, to adapt now. Yeah. Okay, Eddie, thank you very much. A pleasure to speak to you. Hopefully we'll do it again soon. We're about to bring in William on the line. So let's quickly hear from Stephen Gerrard just to set William up. Stephen Gerrard says he won't rush Kamar Roof on his return from injury despite that goal last night. He says he is excited by what the forward is capable of, but says he's not yet fully up to speed. Well, look, we've gone for him for a reason because we, we really believe in him. We trust in him that you know when he's at his best, he can contribute heavily to this team. That's in terms of scoring goals, creating goals, but also his work ethic out of possession, what he can give to the team when he's leading the line. He's also uh, more of a hybrid forward, so he can play with a nine as well, which is really helpful. Um, you know, with having players like Jermaine Defoe and Alfredo and Cedric in the door. The good thing about Cedric and Kamar is that he can play with a number nine as well. Um, so it's really interesting. Um, we need to get Kamar up to speed. Um, I don't think yet we've had him at 100%. He got really close to that before he got his latest injury. And then he obviously missed a month, which was frustrating for everyone. I think everyone's expecting me to all of a sudden just plunge him in every single game now because of the goal last night. That won't be the case. We'll treat him with care and um, we'll get him up to speed at the right time. And um, when he's ready, he'll come back into the team. William, you'll have to accept my apologies. I know you've been hanging on for ages. So the floor is yours. What did you make of the game last night? Yeah, I've got a, I've got a couple of points going on. Hello, Gordon, Hugh, and uh, Jim. Hope you're all well. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Good, William, thanks. Uh, yeah, uh, it's about uh, the goal, obviously, right? I don't... And on midfield, it's two points, right? Uh, I don't want to take nothing away from the late, great David Cooper, right? His goal in the Driver Cup was unbelievable, chipping out. I don't know how many guys' heads, right? But Roof, his... I think his is, I think his is better because he takes, he takes it for his own box... Dribbles a few players on that sodden wet pitch. He has a he has a couple a couple of quick looks, and he smashed that. It's like it's like hitting a driver, Gordon. Right? You're a golfer, as you'll know, right? You hit a driver clean off the fairway right onto the green, it's like that, right over the keeper's head, and, and what a goal! Unbelievable. <laughs> You've used that term very that loosely, way. believe me, William. Mm-hmm. Andy who's seen me play would never would never agree <laughs> with that, but but you're right. It's a, it's an area of interest. Um, yeah, I mean Hugh Keevans. You don't need me to, to tell the audience you've been in this game a long old time. That even must have brought a smile to the a face of an old cynic like yourself last night. Well, you know, they were talking about the pitch uh, with the heavy rain coming down. You know, was there a chance of the game being abandoned and so forth? I think Kamara Roof pl- proved that if you can score a goal like that, the pitch was playable. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a sensational goal. Again, another positive feature for Steven Gerrard is that he has Kamar Roof, he has Cedric Eaton, he has Jermaine Defoe, and he has Morelos, who incidentally uh, is going further down the pecking order here because others are playing as well, if not better than him in that particular position. But it's a very handy thing for Steven Gerrard to have four strikers, any uh, major club going for their first major trophy in a decade, uh, would happily take that. So... For Steven Gerrard, yes, of course, the goal will be talked about for a long, long time. But Steven Gerrard knows the most important thing is the duck has to be broken. He has to win his first trophy as Rangers manager. And it's very handy to have Kamar Roof and three others who can help out. Yeah, I mean, William, Steven Gerrard in that clip we just played talking about he will not rush 
Kamar Roof back, but looking at Rangers attacking options, is Alfredo Morelos on borrowed time a little bit, William, or, or is he going to stay in at the moment? What, what's your own view on it? Well, well, God, the shoes just set up my point, right? The whole the entire midfield, right, including Alfredo Morelos, right? Our engine room, right, and Jim Duffy and Chu will appreciate this. That engine room, right, only cost us £50,000. £50,000, right? And Aribo's to come back. Uh, he's coming back. Uh, Roof's coming back. If, if Morelos is no, if Morelos is no uh, pulling his weight, Roof, Roof, will, Roof will definitely come back up and he'll play up front. But I, I, I would want Roof on the right-hand side because we've got a wee problem on the right-hand side. I wouldn't mind him playing there and getting Aribo into the middle. But the whole... The, our midfield right now, right, in this league, and I'm no, I know the shoes saying, right, Rangers, right, are too good a team this year not to win anything, I can assure you. They're going to definitely win something this year. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's going to be the league, Scottish Cup, or the, the League Cup, right? They're definitely 100% going to win something this year, and I don't know what it is. They're too good a team. The midfield is far, far superior to anything in this league. And that's me. No, that's not me. Uh, like go and or, or putting anybody down. Well, time will tell yeah, on on the, the silverware front, no doubt. Jim Duffy, yeah. what what about some of the points William makes? You know about personnel, and mm-hmm. I know that was a that was a first Europa League group stage win away from home for Rangers under Stephen Gerrard, mm-hmm. which might surprise some people because they've had so many positive results away, but most of them have either been draws in the groups or. You know they've come in qualification, but they do just seem to be very comfortable at, at that level away from home, don't they? Yeah, I think tactically it sets the team up really, really well. They're really good on the counter attack. They're solid at the back. They've got an exceptional goalkeeper. So I think they get into the game and you know really confident. They, they, well, first and foremost, you keep the back door locked. You know there's always going to be an opportunity. But I think it, you know from from the you know the listen you know we've we've said wax lyrical about the goal all night and we would continue to do that and deservedly so. But I think Alfredo Morelos has maybe got to look over his shoulder a little bit and I think he's got to step up to the plate a little bit more. Um, you know, when Itten came in a couple of weeks ago, he scored a couple of goals. I think he came off the bench. Um, it's, it's a kind of, he's got a little bit of a dilemma come this weekend because you would expect Rangers to totally dominate at Ibrox against Livingston. You would expect goal uh, scoring opportunities. Do you leave Morelos in and hope he gets a, takes a couple of these opportunities, gets his confidence up? Or do you say to Itten, Listen, you go because we, you know we need this competition, and Roof will still be the backup. I think Stephen Gerrard's made that for for the moment. You know, I'm, I'm only talking to get yeah. to gets fitter, um, and and you know he's got a wee dilemma that, that this weekend. But in terms of the the, the, the midfield, yeah, Rangers have, have dominated teams in the midfield. I don't see Roof getting moved to the wide area. Um, I think Avibo would probably play there um, when fit again. But listen, Rangers have. I've got real strength and uh, depth now, and that's something that the, they haven't proved on significantly this year. Topman William, thanks for giving us a call tonight. Uh, there's been plenty of coronavirus-related news going through Scottish football today. Unfortunately, there's an update breaking from Fir Park and Motherwell. I'll tell you all about that next. 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard 
Hugh Keevans is in the building, as is Jim Duffy. I, in case you're wondering why it sounds a bit different, I'm still working from home. But thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I think we're fine. Are we all correct and present, Hugh? Nothing's burning down yet in your Well, you see, you've taken, you've taken a chance. You've got a boy from Partick, you've got a boy from Mary Hill in here. Your fixtures and fittings might have gone by eight o'clock. You're, you're a trustworthy pair, yeah. I have. I've got two screwdrivers with us. <laughs> We get through until 8 o'clock. I told you before the break there was some COVID-19 news coming out of Fir Park. It's actually good news for a change. We're used to having disappointing news with regards to football. But you may remember earlier today it was announced that Motherwell had a positive case. Well, they've now announced that a precautionary round of testing has returned negative results for the entire playing squad and coaching staff, which means that tomorrow's Premiership match will go ahead as planned. So that is uh, good news. Unfortunately, not so good news at St Mirren. The game against Hamilton is off tomorrow. So St Mirren having real problems getting games on at the moment. After 7 o'clock, we'll take an in-depth look at that. So Saints fans or anyone else who's concerned about the way we go forward from here, get your calls in 0141951 Gordon, can I ask you something? Who don't mind? Mm-hmm. See, see, in the Motherwell situation, so the player, or there was supposed to be a player, that um, yep. it was, well, he missed the game because I remember... When Alec Gogic, I think it was at Hibs, had had, uh, tested negative after test, but he still had to have ten days self-isolating. So, is it a player? Yeah, yeah, because the the player is still positive. Sorry, so Alex Gogic's was a false positive, but this is this player is still positive. The model player, it's just the rest of them are fine. So there there will be still one player missing then. Okay, yeah, 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 there will be. Uh, Two big games tonight in the Championship are both against Hearts. Um, so that's one to keep an eye on and a huge game for the Scotland women's national side as well back in qualification action against Albania seven months out of action for Shelley Kerr's side so hopefully they can pick up where they left off they beat Albania 5-0 uh, in a previous meeting the Euros of course for the women's national team moved back until 2022 so hopefully they can do the business tonight and we'll keep an eye on our broth against Hearts as well let's go back to the phones though 01419511025 John is a Celtic fan calling in from the East End. What's on your mind tonight, John? Hi, guys. Hi, Gordon. Hi, John. Um, my point is, um, being a Celtic fan, obviously I'm a bit disappointed with the way my team are playing at the moment. They're a bit, they seem a bit disjointed. Something's just no connecting right, or whether they, they change it to a three at the back, or a four at the back, or whatever, or... There's issues with the goalkeeper. There's issues with any confidence here. But all I'm saying is, my point is, prior to the Rangers game, yes, we might not be firing on all cylinders, but we're still getting victories. Rangers are playing well, and I'm, going, I'm not going to take nothing away from Rangers because they are playing well. A blind man can see that. But what I will say as well is, Rangers are playing with the same team that they've kind of started the season with. They've not had any major suspensions. They've not had any major injuries. Whereas Celtic have had to deal with four or five players out with the COVID injuries or over the side and stuff like that. And prior to the Rangers game, we were still getting victories. I just think Celtic deserve maybe a wee bit of slack. That's all I would like to say. Well, your fellow Celtic supporters don't share that view. uh, Or let me say, a percentage of them don't share that view. Uh, they are concerned with the progress of the team I do understand they had eight league matches Before they played Rangers And didn't lose any of them But there were occasions when There was plenty of scope for saying That was a narrow squeak 
um, such as Paisley and such as Tannadice, uh, that they're simply not playing that well. And uh, the goalkeeper, you're right, has not been a £5 million goalkeeper. He doesn't make big saves. Uh, he was poor when Celtic lost to Ferenc Varos in the Champions League. Poor against Rangers, poor against AC Milan. Uh, and at the back, there's a definite vulnerability there. That's why I think an element within the Celtic support are concerned. And without harping on about it, Aberdeen away on Sunday will be a real acid test for this Celtic side. Uh, Jim Duffy, I'm mm. always wary of, of wasting too much time, you know, comparing injury lists because you can always sort of spin it. But mm. t- to be fair, ju- just to provide some context, Ryan Jack's been out for Rangers. Mm. Uh, Kamar Roof's been out for ages. That's why we're having the discussion yeah. about Joe him coming Rebo. back into the team. Joe Rebo's been out for a while. Mm. They've had to change the goalkeeper a, a couple of occasions mm. when, when McGregor was yeah, carrying yeah. Uh, a bit of a knee problem. So it's not like Rangers mm. haven't had injuries yeah. and those are key players. Again, I, I don't think we really get anywhere going around in circles comparing, yeah. but just just to address the point. Yeah, I mean, there's been a number of there's other players as well you could mention. But listen, I think you, you have to look at you know, I've said before, I, I was up at St Johnson a few weeks ago, I mean, was it three weeks ago now, and Celtic won 2 nothing, bringing on five top substitutes, you know, to win that game. And, you know, and, and Callum Davison, you know, was saying after it, you know, that, that was the difference, you know, look at the players they're bringing on. So against most teams, that squad is good enough. But when you come up against a team at this moment in time, like Rangers, who are playing at the very top of their game, all of their players are playing at a high, high level, then you need all of your players available to compete at that. And at this moment in time, Celtic don't have that because even the ones that they, if you want to call it, they would normally trust, like Ayer, for instance, I think, you know, for some reason or another, isn't playing quite at the same level. Frimpong, who's been unbelievable to come into the team, seems to just have dipped a little bit. Mm. You know, there's there's two or three others. Uh, uh, you know, Scott, Scott Brown will always get a little bit of criticism because he's been there that often. He's sometimes player, people just get fed up with players. But as Hughes mentioned in, in the programme in the past, he was key when he got brought on in that last eight minutes oh. against St. Johnson to drive the team to victory. So, listen, you know, Celtic have got good enough players but there's a few of them just underperforming at this moment and have done but managed to get results because they've always had that wee bit extra quality. But against good teams, they need to play at their maximum level. And against Rangers and against Milan, they did not play at their maximum level. They, yeah. they, they were playing there, underperforming, and that just simply won't be good enough against those type of teams. John, you mentioned the goalkeeper, and I'll actually put a, a tweet to you that we've just had in uh, from Ross. Ross says that Barkas is quite rightly getting stick. We've not seen enough of him to write him off, but I've not been impressed. Is he poor, or is it the fact he'll be compared to Forster for most high-profile goals? It's big gloves to fill. What do you think, John? Because he's now come into focus, particularly after the Rangers game. But here we are after the, the Milan game. We're still talking about Barkas. Did, did he really do anything wrong last night, or, or are now people just looking for excuses to criticise him? Last night, the especially the second goal they were all over the place nobody knew what position you should have been in they were getting caught in the halfway line it was just that was just oh, I, I can't even use words to describe how bad the defence probably was for the second goal first goal never exactly showed much um, as far as height jumping and stuff like that but as far as the goalkeeper and, and, and this is I've said this a couple of times on social media to a couple of things and I know, like guys have said, we're all entitled to our own opinions here, whether you're right or wrong. But what I've seen, 
from before with likes of Foster, not even Foster, even Craig Gordon. When he was in goal, or these guys were in goal, they seemed to have a commanding defence in front of them, whether the, the, the people in front of them could trust who was behind them or vice versa. Whereas with Barkas, he doesn't seem to have that. And we're hearing all these stories about them, that him going to play international duty and they're putting on private jets for him and all sorts. And you think, he's not exactly proving himself and he's not exactly shining glory here. So why are we doing all these things for him? But well, the, the, with regard to the private jet, John, I mean, the, the Celtic were playing Rangers mm-hmm. and clearly didn't want to go into the Rangers game with Scott Bain. With the greatest respect to Scott Bain, they wanted the £5 million goalkeeper that they'd bought. That's why they flew him back. It didn't work out because he was certainly at fault for the first goal that Conor Goldson scored. The other problem that Celtic have, I think, is that they've won the last 11 domestic trophies in this country. They have, for four years, lived in their own bubble, to use the, the, the modern day term. And it's been a happy bubble, a serene bubble. They've won all the trophies. They keep getting a treble and then a double treble then a treble treble and now they're going for a quadruple treble but for the first time John they've hit that bump in the road and all of a sudden players who haven't been used to getting stick are getting stick and new players to arrive are getting stick and it's it's having an effect I think Okay, John, we'll have to leave it there. We're a bit short on time, but give us a call back sometime uh, and I'm sure we can do it all over again. That was John in the East End. Still plenty to come between now and 8 o'clock. More time for you to get your calls in on last night's Europa League action. It's also been another disappointing, frustrating, disruptive day on the COVID front. St Mirren against Hamilton is off tomorrow. Kilmarnock have been told that they could face disciplinary action from the SPFL as well. So get all your thoughts in on where Scottish football goes from here as we try and negotiate our way through that. We'll look at that in the second hour. But first, let's do this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. What a way to round off a week. You come on here, you answer more questions right than Hugh Keevens or Jim Duffy. Not only do you get the bragging rights, but you get a signed ball as well. It is that simple. Beat the Pundit is up next, so if you fancy it, all you have to do is call 0141 951 1025. You need to get your calls in quickly though, because the lines close at 7 o'clock. Your chance to beat the Pundit is next. Tackle the headlines. 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevens and Jim Duffy here with me Gordon Duncan on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard the guys are in the studio I'm still working from home Hugh Keevens the dangers of working from home I almost missed beat the pundit there uh, because I was trying to fix my skybox which appears to have gone on the blink so this oh. is not good I've got a decision here between keeping you right and beat the pundit and making sure I'm not Tellyless. Well, Other satellite companies are available. Yeah, as you heard yes. Jim Duffy say, there we both got our screwdrivers here. We can nip <laughs> round the house. Yeah. Right? <laughs> if there is one man I would not let anywhere near my television, it would be you, Hugh Keevans. I've got George Bowie's. Certainty. I've got George Bowie's recording material out in the newsroom, ready to half inch it. <laughs> Listen, I think you and technology are uh, are best left apart. Anyway, zero one four one nine five one one zero two five. We're here until eight o'clock. Still plenty of time to look back on the games involving Rangers and Celtic in Europe last night, so keep the calls coming on those. Uh, I wonder if you've got thoughts on the ongoing COVID situation, though. St Mirren fans, another game off tomorrow. 
where do we go from here? How do we get through the season? Investigations underway all over the place. Kilmarnock have been told they could face disciplinary action. Um, so get all your thoughts in on that. 01419511025. But first, let's do this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the slash football. Yes, it is Beat the Pundit time. Your chance to win a signed ball and the bragging rights if you get one over on Hugh Keevens or Jim Duffy. Let's meet tonight's contestant. He's calling from Cumbernauld and he is Charlie. Hi, Charlie. How's it going? How you doing, mate? Not bad at all. Are you well? Aye, fine. Aye, fine. Aye. Good stuff. Good stuff. Right, this should work nice and smooth. It's been fine all week. I'm at home. The guys are in the studio, but they're on their best behaviour, so it should be fine. I will toss the coin. The only thing is, I've been accused of not tossing the coin all week, Hugh Keevans, (laughs) and just just picking one, and you'll never know. Uh, But I'm a man of of my word, so I'll toss the coin. If it's heads, it's Hugh Keevans, and if it's tails, it will be Jim Duffy. And it is tails. It's Jim Duffy up against Charlie in Cumbernauld. Charlie, ready? Yes, go for it. Good stuff. Right, we'll give Jim Duffy some Clyde 2 to listen to just so that he can't steal your answers. We'll put 30 seconds on the clock. It's very straightforward, Charlie. All you need to do, just answer as many questions right as you can and if you don't know it, pass quickly and we'll move on to the next one, alright? Okay. Good man. 30 seconds on the clock. Your time starts now. Who do Hearts play in the Championship tonight? Abroad. Which footballing legend turned 80 today? Pele. Which Celtic player was sent on loan to Notts County in 2013? Pass. What Belgian side did Kamar Roof play for? Anderlecht. In what year did Oliver Burke get his first Scotland cap? Uh, 2012. How many different Scottish clubs has Alex McLeish managed? Four. Okay, let's bring back Jim Duffy. Jim, can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you now. Good, we've got you loud and clear. Same set of questions to you. Yeah. We'll put 30 seconds on the clock and your time starts now. Who do Hearts play this evening in the Championship? Abroath. Which footballing legend turned 80 today? Pelly. Which Celtic player was sent on loan to Notts County in 2013? Callum McGregor. Which Belgian side did Kamar Roof play for? Lochran. What year did Oliver Burke get his first Scotland cap? Hmm, 2018. How many different Scottish clubs has Alex McLeish managed? Three. Okay, okay. Charlie, what's the verdict? How do you think that went? Uh, I think it must be quite close, but I just get mixed up with Oli Burke. I thought he was he was older player, and I remember he's quite young. So I'd say Jim would probably be a lot nearer than me. Mm, well, listen, there's no points that. for being nearer. You have to get it right on. So let's find out. Question one: Who do Hearts play this evening in the Championship? It's our both. You both mm-hmm. got it. Good start. Which footballing legend turned eighty today? Few years for you yet, Hugh Keevan. So it was Pelly's turn today. Um, happy birthday to him if he's listening. I'm sure he will be. Uh, which Celtic player was sent on loan to Notts County in 2013? It was Callum McGregor. Well done, Jim Duffy. So he goes three-two in front. Uh, but an equaliser straight away for Charlie because Kamar Roof played for Anderlecht. So it's three-all uh, at that stage. In what year did Ollie Burke? Get his first Scotland cap. See, the, the thing is, Charlie, you knew your mistake. Um, Ollie Burke, born in 97, so 2012 was a bit early for him. But Jim yeah. was wrong as well. It was 2016. Mm. Uh, I think it was a, a friendly against Denmark. 
possibly John McGinn's first cap as well. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many different Scottish club sides has Alex McLeish managed? Let's count them. Motherwell, then Hibbs, then Rangers. So Jim Duffy gets it, and that means he's pipped you at the post, Charlie. It was a good battle, uh, yeah, that. You got three, close. right? But the last one has done you four to Jim Duffy and a three to Charlie and Cumbernauld. Hard lines, Charlie. Okay, could you say uh, all the best to Donny? He's just at the hospital today. Could you say hello to him? All the best, Donny. We wish you well. You, Get well soon, Donny. Yeah, thanks very much, gents. Good Here's man. Charlie. That was Charlie in Cumbernauld. 01419511025 in the phones. Beat the pun that takes a rest until Monday evening. You can come back with a bang on that one. Uh, right, Hugh, I, I feel like since. March, perhaps there's been like a a COVID corner of hmm. Clyde One Super Scoreboard where we delve into the effects that the virus is having on our game. Now, the obvious place to start tonight is the game between St Mirren and Hamilton tomorrow, which has been postponed as a result of the Paisley Club's latest outbreak. Now, the club say a number of positive cases have been discovered. That was adding to several players who were already self-isolating. That's left them without enough players to fulfil the fixture, meaning that they'll miss a second consecutive game after the Motherwell match was called off last weekend. So the SPFL issued a statement saying confirming the game that was off because St Mirren cannot fulfil the fixture. St Mirren followed up Hugh with a statement of their own um, to say that they've all had to get into isolation pretty much and therefore the game can't go ahead. It's extremely worrying for the remainder of the season, Gordon. Uh, uh, the SPFL canvassed all 42 clubs this week uh, to get their feeling on what should be done when COVID-19 causes matches to be postponed. Some people think that points should be forfeited. Others will have their own ideas. Uh, my fear is that ultimately, if the season is curtailed, somebody will be relegated because of COVID-19, not because of what happened in the football park. And the biggest picture of all, how do we determine the outcome of the title race uh, if the season does not go the full distance? And the clubs have been canvassed for their view on that as well. Football is part of society. Society is going through an awful time because of COVID-19. There is no such thing as a biosecure bubble. You can pay as much money as you like for testing. You can have your players in a very safe environment at your ground, but when they go out and rejoin society on an everyday basis, the chances are they could test positive at some later date. Yeah, every every debate in the world, Jim, is so polarised now. That's the way mm-hmm. it seems. You know, you all, it's all you get the impression that you have to pick one side mm-hmm. or the other. But 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 sometimes you, you can be in the middle, and you can be a little bit conflicted about where we go from here. Because on one hand. If clubs are doing everything that they can and they feel like players are behaving in an appropriate manner, then you've got you've got to have sympathy for them, and you you can't really keep punishing them by you know you can't punish them by docking them points or forfeiting matches or whatever. But, but then on the other hand, if we have realistic hopes of getting through this season, we cannot keep cancelling as many games as we are at the moment. You, you would imagine if this was to continue going forward, so. Um, yeah, but I think if clubs, if clubs uh, follow the protocol, um, I think that's the most important thing. As Hugh said, there, you know, they're getting tested. Some are getting tested once, some are getting tested twice a week, and you know that, that's a huge expense to clubs when there's no income coming into the game. 
And so if, if they are doing everything in their power and because like any other business, any other person, you know, it's in this country now, they pick up COVID, it's in a, an enclosed environment, if you want to call it that, and it spreads through the club. But this is, I think it was public health that cancelled this game. It wasn't St Mirren saying we don't have enough players. It was taking well, their well, hands yeah, A bit of both. A bit of both. St Mirren said, yeah, yeah. St Mirren said that they, they, they couldn't fulfil the fixture. Mm-hmm. Um so it's it's a combination of both. But I think that um, you know, for me, I I I'm not one for deducting points. But I do, as I said, we mentioned earlier on about the Hamilton situation. I do mm. think it's unfair on, you know, other clubs at times. Um, there is no easy solution. Yeah, you're a hundred percent right with that. Uh, I don't like to see clubs getting fined again. As I, I get back to that kind of financial aspect, we're not bringing any money in, and so to to punish them financially is is a double whammy. Um, but I think it's just one of those situations this particular season I think we have to be a little bit more understandable of the situations again I get back to it provided protocols have been followed I'm not of the same view of Morris Ross where teams should forfeit the points because I think this is a pandemic that is you know <laughs> around the country it's, it's not um, you know something that uh, you know yeah. player, players and clubs are being sloppy about you know they're taking every Possible precaution. Yeah, well, that, yeah, that's what the investigations are for, of course, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it remains to be seen what will be gathered from St Mirren's investigation. We have had the outcome of one today. The SPFL have charged Kilmarnock with failing to follow strict protocols mm-hmm. to stop the spread of coronavirus. If you remember, they were permitted to postpone the match against Motherwell earlier this month. Mm-hmm. Um, that was after positive cases forced the entire squad to self-isolate. Now. The game wasn't immediately rescheduled. They said they would investigate the circumstances of the postponement. Um, you know, there are various protocols in, in place, social distancing, regular testing, and various other measures. Kilmarnock do maintain, by the way, that they've followed all the rules, but the SPFL's opened a disciplinary case against Killy, um, so they could face a, a range of punishments, which essentially, I guess, does include being forced to forfeit the match. So uh, let, let's take a call on that, 01419511025. Robert is a Rangers fan calling in from Northampton. What's your take on all this, Robert? Oh, well, it's unbelievable. How, yeah, I'm a Rangers fan, but that's got nothing to do with it, lads. Ah, obviously, down here, I've got all English boys, they're all Chelsea, Arsenal fans, and all that. And maybe they're laughing at the SPL and SFA. Now, we can go back the obviously, Aberdeen. Uh, broke protocol with eight players drinking in a bar and a mm-hmm. Celtic player who we all know who it is goes mm-hmm. to Spain comes back breaks rules funny enough against Kilmarnock they get their games postponed to play again they get a fine suspended for the next time it happens and yet the SPL take action on Kilmarnock for a pandemic it's I just can't get my head around it that's well, what I know. Hold on, is it? Is it? Well, we don't know what the punishment is yet. If it's the exact same, so uh, you're right. I mean, you've got you've showed a lot of the working there. Aberdeen and Celtic were both fined by the SPFL after players from their clubs breached COVID rules. So, if this investigation finds that Kilmarnock players breached COVID rules and they also get fined, what's unfair about that? Well, it's unfair that I think Kilmarnock has been the scapegoat here because. I'll be honest with you. Why? And it's not it's no sewer grapes, lads. If Celtic done that again, they would bend their backwards, I'm sure. 
to try and do something about it. You know what I mean? No, but hold, 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 hold on a second. Let's let's hold on. Let's let's stick to what's actually happened rather than what might or might not happen in the future because it's, it's a lot easier. Aberdeen and Celtic have both been fined after players breached the COVID rules. Kilmarnock might well now get fined because players breached the COVID rules. It, it, it could be literally the same punishment. So what's unfair about that? That's my argument is. Now, what would happen if Kilmarnock have to forfeit the game and it's a 3-0 victory? You know what I mean? Is that a bit unfair in Kilmarnock that Celtic broke rules and Aberdeen as well and yet they can play their games again and get fined, suspended. Now, it's a couple of thousand pounds to them, but it's more... It'd be more a cost to Celtic and Aberdeen to lose three points, and I think that's totally unfair in Kilmarnock, and that's been been a Rangers fan, and it's not been biased. I think yeah. it's disgusting. Well, well, listen, yeah, that's you, fine, uh, Hugh, and that, we're getting ahead of ourselves, well, but that, that might be an argument for another yeah, day. Robert's not been biased, but he keeps bringing it back to Celtic. Um, you know, Celtic have been affected by COVID nineteen. They went into the Rangers game minus um, near Beaton and. Uh, Ryan Christie and Ryan Christie and Edward um, because of COVID-19 now I don't know what Robert's English pals are laughing at because down there late in the Orient had to uh, forfeit a match uh, to be played against Spurs uh, because of COVID-19 my problem with all of this Gordon is the need for transparency here who conducts the investigation into a club and whether they have or have not breached the protocol rules. Does a virologist get involved? Does an epidemiologist get involved? Well, the SPFL will do it, and I'd imagine they'll take advice from the health boards because we know that at a local level they've they've had to step in a number of times um, with the St Mirren goalkeepers. You'll remember that. With well, yeah, in all cases, there's there's obviously ongoing discussions with health authorities. My my regret, Gordon, is that, that nothing had been put in place. Um, you know, the the virus didn't come as a shock to us. You know, we went into lockdown in March. And then when football re-emerged, um, I wish now that uh, the protocols uh, had come with a, a fixed set of rules concerning what happens when the protocols were breached. Um, now we're getting all sorts of insinuations um, that clubs might be trying to use this to their advantage. It's all very insensitive at a time when, as I say, the virus is spreading at an alarming rate. Mm. Uh, my fear is the big picture uh, that the winter will cause further postponements, uh, further claims and counterclaims, um, and we may even get to the, the stage where the season is curtailed and we've got nothing in place, not one thing. Yeah. I mean, Jim, though, is, is, that, not, is that not part of the confusion? Because I, I do get where Hugh's coming from, but actually to try and search for this one-size-fits-all solution... Mm-hmm. We're ignoring the fact that every situation might be different, and in mm-hmm. fact, the, con- the the continued bringing up of the Aberdeen and Celtic situation mm-hmm. is the perfect example of that. The Scottish government stepped in and cancelled those games. Mm-hmm. Neither Celtic nor Aberdeen said that they could not fulfil a fixture, mm-hmm. even though the Aberdeen team could have been without eight of their mm-hmm. first team players. At no point did they say they were unable to fulfil the fixture. So those mm-hmm. are different. We are comparing apples and oranges. Mm-hmm. But people want a one cat, a one size fits all solution. Yeah, I think the last times at Munn as well. I think uh, it was uh, it was public health. Uh, I think that, uh, that you know they insisted that, that they didn't play. You know, so listen. You know, the, the, these are sometimes matters, and you know, I, I think that with the Scotland situation with Ryan Christie as well, Hugh, we were saying that the first time that a player has been, if you want to call it, left out of an old firm match, 
you know, on the, the, on the say-so of the NHS yeah, Lothian NHS, yeah. Health Board. Yeah, so it's not always, you know, the, the governing bodies. The one thing I do agree with, with, with you is that, you know, we, we, had, we had the whole summer to put in situations where if it was the case that the clubs were found to be in the breach, I think one, it would have stopped players. If you'd have said straight away, listen, if you're in breach of these rules, you will lose points straight away. I don't think players were even taking a risk, you know, to, to, to do it. But the fact is they weren't really sure of what happened. They, they took a bit of a risk. And ultimately, uh, the, those particular clubs were, were punished financially. And in the sense of uh, command at this minute in time, I think uh, Robert is preempting the judgment. You know, it could, as you say, be exactly the same. Who knows? Uh, and again, there's an investigation into deciding whether they did breach the rules or not. Uh, listen, it's a very tricky situation and as I said, it's a, a, a thankless uh, task anyone's got to look at this. But, uh, you know, we just have to make sure that one, all the players get back to full health and two, they got yep. enough time to recover before asking them to play again. I mean, they could all be, you know, like we've heard various, you know, you hear every day you pick up, you know, you know, somebody's not feeling great, somebody's feeling a little bit better. But you can't just turn around and say, say 15, 20 guys, oh, listen, you'll be fine in 10 days' time, you can go and play. They might not be. Half of them might still be feeling the effects of it. So health is the most important thing, then the football. Yes, absolutely. It goes without saying. We wish anyone who's tested positive well. Uh, obviously, a lot of guys will be isolating as a result, but hopefully the, the health and well-being can be looked after and the football will fall into place thereafter. Thank you, Robert, in Northampton. It's 01419511025. If you've got any thoughts, now's a good time to share them. Uh, still plenty of time to look back on last night's action as well. I've got a good full-time teaser for the guys, so we'll give you that question next. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 01419511025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Evans and Jim Duffy are here 0141-951-1025 at Clyde SSB on Twitter we'll get back to the phones in just a second let me read you tonight's teaser though I think you'll like this you're only looking for five answers so that's a, a good start uh, I know you'll be pleased to hear that that doesn't mean they're going to be easy so Michael Donati says this Connor Goldson just became the sixth player since the inception of the SPL in 98 to score two goals in an old firm game at the opponent's ground can you name the other five so Celtic players to score two at Ibrox or Rangers players to score two at Celtic Park games at Hamden do not count um, Neil McCann Neil McCann is one of them well done in May 99 mm-hmm. you all remember that game Lee Griffith nope Henry Larson no would you believe Chris Sutton nope John Hartson <laughs> I can see where you're going with this one But no, wrong Do you know the Martin and Neil ones? Gary Hooper Oh, I know one Georgie Samaras Yes, Samaras Well done Listen, I think we'll leave it there Because there are only five And you've got two of them already So that's quite a good start for you Thank you to Michael He sent it in tonight Remember, as always It's full time At Clyde1.com That's the address you need Get your uh, get your questions in, and I'll try my best to put them to the guys. So full time at Clyde. Is it since a certain uh, time again? Did you say? Yeah, since ninety eight. Ninety eight. Sorry. Yeah. So this, since the start of the SPL, yeah. looking for players who've scored two goals in an old firm mm-hmm. game at the opposing ground. So you've got McCann mm-hmm. and Samaras. So we'll leave it there because you've got until now, until the end of the show. So oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Let's go straight back on the lines. 
and speak to John Paul, who's a Celtic fan from Falthouse. How are you doing tonight, John Paul? Evening, guys. How's it going? Hope you're well, Gordon. And the guys in the panel, how's it going? Thank Hi, John you. Paul. Yeah, Thanks. not bad at all. What have you got um, for us? I've got a few points. My first point is... Uh, Actually, need to say that I was wrong to you, you know, and as much as that'll hurt me, that'll make his head a lot bigger. But um, I think I was on the show three weeks ago, and uh, he was told, he told me, uh, I kept on saying that Celtic were going to hit a bit of form, and he said, "If being the big word, you know, and, and I'm a man enough to hold my hands up and say that he was right, you know, I can't see, I can't see Celtic hitting a bit of form, not anywhere near the now, um, and I'll explain my reasons why, you know, I don't know exactly what's going on behind the scenes, um, there's clearly, um, there's clearly something went on uh, behind the scenes, whether it's a dressing room bust up or players aren't playing for each other, you know, and uh, it's, it's quite worrying. Um, Duffy, Duffy doesn't look half the player that he's supposed to. Uh, he looks short of confidence. Brown, McGregor, I, could, I mean, I could go through them, but the one for me is, I was listening to the show last night and you were talking, you know, and Olivier and Charm, uh, everybody knows he's a baller, he can be the best player in Scotland when he wants. But he doesn't want to be doing it at Celtic. So just go on away and do it somewhere else. You know, I understand it's not easy to try to go away, but this kind of stuff is dragging out. The Edward, the Julian situation, how they're no back, there's no clarification, you know. And listen, I'm not fair play to Rangers. It looks worse at Celtic now because you look across the city, they're going about their business, they're keeping clean sheets, they're coming to their rivals' parks and winning. They're united together. It looks like everybody knows their job seeing Saturday. It doesn't look like Celtic knew any of the players knew them. They knew exactly what they had today. The, 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 the three up front tucked in, what their full-backs come on to us. They are nullified Frimpong, they are nullified Laxal. They had it down to a tee. You know, Lennon, I've backed Lennon. I've came on the show numerous times and says he done well when he came in. He said he shit. He came in and won trophies. But there's something no right and it needs to get to the bottom of it. Like last night, why not? The, the boy Turnbull, we know he's a fantastic talent. Two seasons ago, he scored 17 goals in a midfield position with Motherwell. He's up and coming. Everybody's speaking about him. Celtic tried everything to get him in. But then they sit him on the bench when they can go out and go and prove what you're worth. Go and prove that you can play with Celtic. Go and prove that you can play at Parkhead. No fans, no pressure. Go and, go and show us what you can do. Go and show the fans what you can do. You were bought in for £3 million and, and go and play. Play him and Rogic last night to start with. You know, I, just, I, feel, I feel it's, it's getting to the stage where Lennon is putting his cell under serious amounts of pressure and the last couple of weeks, and I'm, I'm, uh, this is why I said to you at the start, I, it's been papering over the cracks on me, you know, and I, I can realise that now, and it's, it's a wee bit worrying, if I'm, if I'm being honest. I want to know what the panel think of that. I keep going back, John Paul, to the, the Ferenc Farris night, when Neil Lennon came in and let rip in the press room after the game. Uh, now, I could not prove, and neither could you, that there the, the really is something going on behind the scenes. However... Neil Lennon came in that night and made his point of view perfectly clear. He said there were people there who did not want to be at the club and they had been in that frame of mind for six months. So if one man does know what's going on behind the scenes, it's the manager. So clearly he knows who the players are, but then backtracked on it because I think he realised that perhaps he shouldn't have been so candid in such a public environment. Um, with regard to Insham. I, I just don't see how he justifies a starting place anymore. And when you say, and rightly, that there's a real talent in there, when was the last time you saw it? How long ago? Uh, with regard to Turnbull, you pay over £3 million for the hottest young talent in Scotland. High time he was getting a game. Jim Duffy, what did you make of Olivier mm-hmm. and Cham last night and then 
you know, in the bigger picture as well. Yeah, I think if you look at over a period of games, I don't think he isolate one game or one player. It's a bit like Barkas just now. I feel a little bit sorry for him. Listen, I, I I don't know if he's a good goalkeeper or not, but I still think that you need to have a solid defence in front of him and then try to to judge him. Um, but. You know, and Cham's not been playing well, as Hugh said. He, he said. he said little cameo moments here and there. But, you know, in terms of consistency and actually dominating the midfield, no, I absolutely agree uh, that, that over a period of time he hasn't he hasn't reached the heights, as, as John Paul said, that he's capable of it. He has potential, but he has to, he has to start realising that potential. You know, I mean, people, you know, against, um, you know, I think it was a couple of weeks ago or a, a month ago or so when David Turnbull came out at half-time, Everyone was saying, oh, he's got to be in the team. He then plays against St. Johnson and doesn't kick a ball. And then he gets substituted and eventually is Celtic winning. But, you know, so again, listen, you can't just judge him one an impact. You know, somebody goes on the pitch for a period of time. Oh, listen, he has to play. Um, you know, and, and you look at your players. Celtic do have some key players missing. I always think they say Christy Forrest, as I said, gets, gets a lot of stick on the programme, but he suits the way Celtic play. Uh, you know, he, give, he gives them a goal threat. Uh, Edward, as I said, is, is, is a bigger loss again if he get you know, whatever again gets his head. But as John Paul said and Hughes said, you know, Neil Lennon said, uh, you know, that, that time after Finnish Varus, players want to leave. He also said the team get leaked the night before the old Firm game and he said, oh, somebody's doing his in. So, you know, that does suggest that it's not as a harmonious a dress room oh. as it should be. Yeah, I mean, incidentally, there was a, a supposed mm. leak last night which turned out to not be the case. Mm. I don't know. I like to think that's some sort of trap that someone's fallen into where mm. they've um, they've been yeah. told a, a, the wrong team. You know, in a, in a Colleen Rooney and um, <laughs> Rebecca, Rebecca Vardy. Vardy style, <laughs> Hugh Keevans, I don't mm. know if we're going to get th- that type of drama. John Paul... Um, was there anything last night that, that pleased you though? Anything that was more encouraging? Um, I think I think it was more encouraging than relaxed. the two the two fullbacks were trying, you know. Uh, I was I was just overall uh, Jetty tried uh, Jetty had some good touches, but overall I was, I was very disappointed. And you go back to the Barthas point, sorry, my last point, like Shane Duffy's came out and said that Celtic are paying his wages. Now you surely you guys on the on the panel argue me, if you're going to pay Shane Duffy's wages, why would you not have just paid Fraser Foster's? And saved the five million. Uh, Barkas, why would you not have saved his? No, you know he wasn't like the same because his wages were too high. Surely that would have been a better option than paying Shane Duffy's and paying a two million loan fee. Was it simply uh, Fraser Forster's wages, though, or did Fraser Forster think that he didn't want to go back to Celtic for another season? Well, maybe, maybe, maybe he wanted that, a maybe permanent that. move, didn't he? I, I think you know. For me, and it's not with the benefit of hindsight. For me, I would have taken David Marshall now at Derby County. Uh, still has a home in Glasgow Still a very good goalkeeper Proves it with Scotland And you've had £5 million to invest elsewhere For I do take Jim's point That Barkas has only been here A matter of months However He is not commanding He does not make the saves you need him to make And for me He looks to have been a, a serious gamble Jim if you're mm. looking for Reasons to be optimistic or encouraged mm-hmm. For only his second game, Diego Laxalt seemed mm. to be very involved last night. Is that fair? Yeah, I think he did. Again, I think he probably got a shock to his system getting pitched into the whole firm game, and he did look a little bit of a kind of rabbit caught in the lights a little bit, you know. Um, and maybe you know he just needed that <laughs> almost game to get out of his system, and then say, right, okay, I can relax now. I can go on with my career at Celtic. Uh, and he certainly, he, he, there's no doubt, technically, you can see. 
Um, he's, 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 he's got you know he's comfortable on the ball. He can he can link up the play. Um, again, I don't think you know the, the full back areas will be a, a major issue for Celtic. I think you know yeah we know Frimpong is is still learning. He's only what is he nineteen or something like that. You know it's twenty tops. So he he's got a, a massive future in front of him. And Laxell looks as he had a good sign and good option for Celtic in the left hand side. But it's the central areas just now. Right through the team, right through the spine, goalkeeper, centre-back, centre-mid, centre-forward. These are the areas which Celtic yeah. have been traditionally really strong at over the last few seasons. And those are the areas where the, the, the cracks are appearing at the moment. John Paul, you look after yourself. Hopefully we'll speak to you soon. 0141 951 uh, Now, we know that Hugh Keevans likes to spend these holidays in the Kingdom of Fife. I don't know if this is related. I think David might just be on to talk about football. <laughs> but David's in Fife anyway. How's it going, David? Not bad, Gordon, yourself? Yeah, not bad at all. What have you got for us? Uh, first of all, I've just got two points, really. Uh, mm-hmm. First of all, it was the Rangers last night. Uh, I thought they were superb uh, like across the board. Uh, what really impressed me, though, is obviously we, we have a lot of guys coming obviously into the, into the squad when people are injured or uh, people are arrested. But one player that really impressed me was uh, Calvin Bassey coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we kind of know what we get with like Ryan Jack and uh, like Hadji and stuff coming in, but... Uh, Bassey's not really had a lot, of, a lot of game time, so it is quite good to see him coming in and actually like play as well as he did. He didn't, he, didn't, he played with, right, without fear, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's a really good, a, a good thing for the future because seeing Barisic going off, it was quite worrying. Obviously, seeing him going off, uh, and you, you expect Bassey to come on, but you don't know how, how to take him, like, how, how he's going to like, succeed. Mm-hmm. But I think he, he done really well last night. I think Calvin yeah, Bassey, Gordon is. That, uh, uh, Indicative of A personal feeling of mine That Rangers are recruiting More reliable players Than Celtic are at this time You have Calvin Bassey You have uh, Balogun You have Roof um, the, the recruitment at Rangers Has been very strong And I'm not sure you can say the same for Celtic yeah, Jim Duffy yeah. Particularly that area mm. I'm glad that, that was brought up there Because I wonder if that was the One of the areas where you maybe weren't sure about the backup. We all know about mm-hmm. the midfield. You know, if, it, if it's Jack mm-hmm. or it's Arfield or it's Davis, fine. You know, mm-hmm. even Morelos now, you've got Roof and mm-hmm. Eaton and, and Defoe. But because of how important Borna Barisic mm-hmm. is, and the same probably on the other side with mm-hmm. James Tavernier, they would be the two that you think can Rangers yeah. afford to lose them. Yeah, um, the way the way they play. Bassi. Yeah, sorry, God. The way the way Rangers play, absolutely. You know, the full backs are so important. You know, I mean, was, was it the ninth goal? I think it, uh, James Tavernier scored last night, and he's the only player at this current Rangers team you would think is, you know, use the term irreplaceable. But it's more the fact is is there an obvious replacement for him? Whereas Bassi came in for Barisic, you know, because that that was something they had to do if Barisic was out injured. That same style of play. And again, David's right. He did really, really well when he came on last night. Again, young, uh, you know, player. Again, we are, we are bright future. But that's the only concern I would have if I was a Rangers fan just now. That if something happened to James Tavernier, you know, who would go in that and, and play, you know, and, and give the similar similar qualities? I mean, a couple of the balls again he put in last night, first time, just wrapped his foot round it. And not not always something came from it, but he, he's just so important. And Baracic has been on the other side, but Bassey, yeah, definitely last night, um, you know, can can be delighted with his performance once it went on. David, a long way to go, but given the way Rangers have performed in Europe in the last couple of seasons, to go away on match day one of the group stage and already get get three points, how confident are you of of progressing through this group? I know, I know, it's a long way off. 
Uh, no, I definitely, I definitely feel confident going forward. Uh, as they've shown over the last couple of years how good they have been in Europe. Uh, obviously, home and away. So, I think we've not like nothing to fear. I think, obviously, the way the, the standard the edge kind of manager came out and said that obviously Rangers are probably one of the top sides in Europe, uh, European football at the moment in terms of how they're playing, uh, which is obviously a compliment. You know what I mean? So, uh, I'm, I'm a lot more confident going forward now this year than I was kind of the last couple of years, just because mm-hmm. the, the strength and depth is there. Uh, Celtic's kind of been renowned for having quite a, a, a good squad overall, uh, whereas I think we've kind of caught up now, uh, which is obviously quite impressive. Yeah, I mean, Hugh, I think that's that's something that's been jumping out for the last couple of weeks. I think everyone would would accept you can't get carried away, but certainly on a, on a numbers game, if you just look at the Rangers bench, it's very different from what it was in yeah. recent times. In Stephen Gerrard's time at Ibrox, the one thing which has characterised Celtic's Supremacy over Rangers Has been the strength and depth That Celtic possess It now looks And I'll underline It now looks As if Rangers have redressed the balance And that they Have an overall strength and depth That is the equal of If not better than Celtic Okay David Thank you very much It was a pleasure to hear from you David in Fife How are you two getting on With this Mm. teaser We're looking for Before Conor Goldson the last five players since 98 to score two goals in an Old Firm game at the opposing ground. You've got Neil McCann and Georgia Samaras. Did Kenny Miller score two for Rangers at Celtic Park? Yeah, he's mm. he's on the list twice, Kenny Miller. Well right. done. Did Moussa Dembele in score? Fact, did, did, did Kenny Miller do it the other way round as well? No, no. Uh, no he, scored, sure. he scored against Rangers at Celtic Park when he was a Celtic player. Oh, yeah, uh, that's what I meant. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, any more? Moussa Dembele? No. Scott McDonald? No. I don't know if it's the timing, but Marco Negri? No. Okay, we'll leave it there. You've got three down, two to get. We'll get them next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans and Jim Duffy are here. They've got some work to do on tonight's teaser. Thank you to Michael Donati for sending it in. And just remember, if you want to hear your question on the show in the future, it's fulltime at Clyde1.com. Tonight's is this. Connor Goldson became the sixth player since 98 to score two goals in an old firm game at the opposing ground. Can you name the other five? Now, before the break, the guys got Neil McCann, Georgius Samaras and Kenny Miller. I must say, what a great response on Twitter because Stephen Quinn and McGonigal have both got the ones that you're still looking for. Mo has thrown some in. Um, Peter Gray's given it a bash. Matthew Breckenridge got the Samaras. What else have you got for us? Jim Duffy's got one. I think, I think I'm think i pretty sure he's got to Lubo Moravchik. Yes, Hugh Keevan's old pal, Lubo Moravchik. Mm. Well done. Okay, we'll leave it there. A bit of suspense between now and the end of the show. You've only got one to get. Now, we are underway in the big Friday night game in the championship it's very early doors so it's our both nil hearts nil in that one as for the scotland women's national side remember they kicked off at half past seven so they're a little bit uh, further on last time i checked it was still goalless with albania at Tynecastle. uh indeed it is caroline weir with a free kick a moment or two ago um but still goalless in that one just looking at the teams f- for that game jim there's going to be an increased 
spotlight on Hearts, of course, because of the size of the club and the way that they went down uh, in the summer. T- to look at the, on, on paper, certainly personnel-wise, the strength that they've got, I'll just give you a flavour of the team. So our growth uh, go with Derek Gaston and Goal, who you'll know very well. Uh, a back four of Thompson, Little, Hamilton and Cregan across the middle. Ruth, Swanky, McKenna, Vertanen and Hilson. And that old veteran striker, Chris Doolan, uh, up top. As for Hearts, though, Craig Gordon in goal, a back four of Smith, Halkett, Popescu and Kingsley. Uh, two holding midfielders, Ollie Lee and Andy Halliday, fresh from being on the show mm-hmm. the other night. An attacking trio, Elliot Freer, Jamie Walker, Josh Ginelli, um, and it's Liam Boyce in attack for Hearts. Mm-hmm. So it's not exactly difficult to see why there'll be so much expectation on Hearts this season, Jim. Yeah, I mean they're absolutely huge favourites to 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 win that title, and you know look at the squad. Obviously, Robbie's been there and done it before. Um, you know, not just with Hearts, but obviously the United last season. Um, he knows the expectations of the club are simply to get promotion. That's he's got one and only objective. Um, and I don't think they'll be messing about in terms of uh, you know trying to get as many. Uh, positive results it's kind of only a 27 game season so therefore he's you know the, if a, a, a really good start puts him in a, a real strong position a fantastic result last week beating uh, you know one of their main rivals you would expect Dundee and scoring six into the bargain Kingsley getting two on his debut all these kind of things so listen it was a, a fantastic performance and you would expect him to have too much tonight for a broth although conditions can always play a part in a broth believe me uh, anybody has never been there it is the windiest ground oh, it's in Scotland wild, isn't it? it can it be wild. wild so depending on conditions that can play a part because obviously the broth guys are used to it and some, some of the Hearts guys will maybe a wee shock to the system yeah, I'm looking at the TV pictures, Hugh Evans and uh, Robbie Nielsen's flowing locks are blowing in the wind oh. that's coming off the, the sea there, so you can just imagine what type of night it'll be. <laughs> but Jim makes a good point, Hugh, because for all the, the talent on paper, I mean, this is when you know you're in the championship. No oh. disrespect to Hearts, but you're away, away at Arbroath on a, on, a, on a Friday night, you know, that that's... That's the old, um, what is it you always say, boiler suits and not dinner suits. <laughs> yeah, uh, clubs with a cause are always a danger. And the Hearts cause is we were done in by the SPFL. That's their cause. And they will use that all season long uh, to get them back up where they know that they belong. And Hearts do belong in the, in the top flight. There's also the fascinating prospect next weekend of Hearts against Hibs in the semi-final of last season's Scottish Cup. What a boost for Robbie Nielsen, Andy Halliday and everybody associated with Hearts if they could beat Hibs and go into the Cup final, albeit last season's Cup final. So there's an awful lot of incentive there for them early in the season. Yeah, still goalless in that one. And as I mentioned, Scotland women's national side up against Albania as well at Tynecastle. Whilst Hearts are away, um, the Scotland women's team taking care of Tynecastle, still goalless in that one as well. Now, in the Premiership tomorrow, uh, still lots to look forward to. It is a shame St Mirren and Hamilton's been postponed. Jim, as you mentioned earlier on, Hamilton Ackies, and I suppose Motherwell would fall into a similar bracket. Now, they go ahead against Ross County, and whilst our priority will always be the you know the health and well-being of, of people who, who are really suffering be- mm-hmm. because of this stuff, in football we've got those that are, are suffering the, the knock-on effects, if you like. By the time Mother will kick off against Ross County tomorrow, they won't have played in a month mm-hmm. because the game against Kilmarnock got postponed and then the very next game was the game against St Mirren last weekend. Mm-hmm. So 
um, in a footballing sense, it's it's having a knock-on effect as well. Yeah, and in between times, obviously, an international break. So yeah, I mean, it's not ideal for Motherwell. And again, any 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 clubs, you want that rhythm. I mean, it was a, a long enough break for all the players without having you know another enforced break. So yeah, I mean, I think that uh, they'll be. You know, a situation where Motherwell were just desperate to get on the pitch again, and you know they looked as if they were just beginning to find a form after a sticky start. Um, but that that'll be another frustrating thing for Steve Robinson because he probably could sense that these players were coming back. Obviously, Declan Gallagher and Stephen O'Donnell did very well for Scotland, and that was you know as important as well for their confidence. Um, so you know, Alan Campbell did well for the twenty ones. So I, th- I think Mother will get you know give me a bit of confidence, but they'll just be desperate to get this game on and 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 hopefully get a good performance from from their perspective. Um, but Ross County as well, you know, a bit of a sticky start, and uh, you know they'll 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 make it difficult. So yeah, a, a, a tight game that you would expect Mother will just to nick it. Yeah, Hugh, the other two games that have survived um, for the moment, certainly, hopefully they will. Kilmarnock against Hibs and St Johnston, Dundee United as well. So still a good Saturday afternoon to look forward to with, of course, the European sides waiting until Sunday. Absolutely. I mentioned that uh, Hearts-Hibs Scottish Cup semi-final next weekend. Hibs will want to do well at Kilmarnock uh, to send them into that game with uh, some kind of momentum. Kilmarnock, though, again, uh, not happy at being charged with breaches of the protocols uh, with regard to COVID-19. They'll come out fighting. Uh, St Johnston, Dundee United, Mickey Mellon still not uh, as good as he would like his team to be after a promising start. Yeah. Uh, Callum Davidson, five goals last weekend away from home. That will yeah. give them some boost. Okay, we'll have to leave it there. Hearts have been forced into an early change. Janelli's gone off and Craig Whiten's going to come on still goalless. Right, quickly, you've got one more left on the mm-hmm. teaser. You've got McCann, Samaras, Miller and Moravchik. McGonagall got it on Twitter. What have you got? James Forrest? No. Eric Bo Anderson? <laughs> no. Right, I'll tell you what. We're going back to April 2001. Right, Martin Very good and, and, No, 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 way before him. And mm. it's a Celtic player. 2001 Craig um, Budley No uh, I think No Is that a striker? If I tell you his nationality You'll get it Ready? Go on He's Israeli Oh come no. on um, John no, Harson's old pal Oh Ayo Berkovic Ayo Berkovic Thank you very much Hugh Keevans and Jim Duffy Thanks for all your calls and tweets It was another very busy show But we're back tomorrow at two o'clock, big afternoon in the Premiership and beyond. So join us then. GBX Fridays are up next.